0: Hello and welcome to another podcast episode with me Troy Francis. It is Christmas time, it is the day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Eve as I believe the uh, kids call it these days and it seems to be trending on Twitter. Um, Yeah and so apologies for any sound in the background but uh, I'm sitting in a cafe recording this. Just prior to going and meeting my dad for a bit of a pre Christmas lunch and various other, I've got to do various other bits of Christmassy type stuff as well this afternoon, as well as trying to get some content in the bag for you lovely people. So it's a pretty busy day. Um, and, you know, this is one of the downsides, I suppose, of being self employed if you like people say, oh, you're lucky because you don't have to get up at a certain time and you don't have to go to an office and all of that. But on the other side of the coin, it doesn't really stop you know the work never really stops you could be working the whole time unless you are disciplined in terms of taking breaks and things now as it is um, I'm gonna take probably a bit of a break over Christmas I'm not going to be quite as active on social media on Twitter and so on over the next week or so uh, I've got some videos queued up for YouTube for this week so Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and the 27th, there are videos queued up on uh, various topics, so look out for those on my YouTube channel, and do hit subscribe on my YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. Um, The emails, if you're on my daily email list, then I am going to probably be pretty quiet on there over the next week, I don't think I'll be sending out the emails over the Christmas week. Um, However, if you're not on my daily email list, you absolutely should be because when it's not holiday time, I do send out a email article every day on Monday to Friday. Uh, So it's great value because it's absolutely free. There are some offers in there as well, some freebies, some giveaways and things like that. But uh, it's definitely a good place to be because and the other thing being as well, If I suddenly get deplatformed off every single platform in the universe, which, you know, you never know, could happen in this day and age, at least if you're on my email list, I will still be able to stay in touch and send out content to you. So, do get onto that email list. You will see the link below in the description for this video. And the other thing is If you don't have my collection of 10 books about dating, the sexual marketplace game, and all of that good stuff, it's called Renegade Dating Blueprint, then do click the link below, because right now you can get it for just $39. So the full value for that that bundle is really in the region of $250 or above, but I'm selling it for $39 because I'm mental. So I would encourage you to click the link below and to get on board with that as well. Okay, so on to the topic of today's podcast. And this is a question that came from a a reader or a viewer, if you like, of my stuff, Uh, a guy called Rick. And he says, actually, just before I go into it, I would repeat again if you've got any questions that you want me to cover either in a video or in podcast format. Uh, I mean, I tend to do them either on video or I've started to do these scripted videos where I'll I'll write the script out before and address the problem in detail, or there's the podcast. So basically, if there's any questions that you've got around dating, the sexual marketplace, uh, red pill themes, any of that stuff, then just drop me a line. Uh, You can leave a comment. Underneath this, if you are watching this as a video on YouTube, you can send me an email at troy at real francis.com. You can message me on DM me on Twitter, drop me a tweet or whatever. Any method to get in touch, but basically, do let me know what your questions are around these, these general areas that I talk about because basically, I want this channel to be as useful for you as it possibly can be. And while I am obviously putting out the content that I am interested in and I think is useful. At the same time, if you guys have questions, I really want you to let me know because that will really help me to decide what things that I foreground, I put to the front of, of mind in the content that I put out into 2020. So do, don't do be shy, do get in touch. Anyway, on to Rick's email and let me read it out for you now. So he said, hey, Troy, One issue I'm having as a 40-year-old is that A, I tend to attract women in their mid-30s and B, I find these women easier to relate to than those in their 20s and C, many of these women quickly put me into the relationship category when I just want to be in the fun category. Any tips on how to A, attract younger women when you're older, B, avoid the relationship categorization? Note that I also have two daughters, a good job, a home of my own, so trying to pull the wild bachelor persona just doesn't work. Thanks. Ah, oh, okay, Rick. Well, thank you very much for your question. I said I would get round to it, and here we are. I'm going to chat about it. Now, um, there's a few things in here, so let's go through them one by one. Um I suppose the first thing that I wanted to talk about here was this thing about finding it easier to relate to older women than those in their 20s. So okay, look, let's talk a bit about me. I am in my 40s, I'm actually in my mid 40s, pretty scary how quickly it creeps up on you. So I am an old bastard really for probably many people listening to this but hopefully with that comes a little bit of if not wisdom at least some context I think that's the thing about getting older it's not necessarily that you become wise because we all know people who are old and they're pretty idiotic uh, but you, you certainly get to see some context you've certainly been in scenarios more than once you kind of understand how things work a bit better because you've seen a longer you've seen events unfolding over a longer term that's been my experience anyway but I am probably a similar age to uh, to Rick, uh, being in my 40s, and this thing about relating to women in their 20s, I personally don't really get it. I mean, I have pretty much only ever dated girls in their 20s. So my girlfriend is, she is in her, her 20s, she is 27, she's gonna turn 28. I've dated, A few girls in their 30s. I think the oldest girl I probably dated is 35. I was seeing her occasionally for a little while. I haven't gone any older, really, than, than 35. And, I mean, being blatantly honest, I'm not sure it's something I'm particularly keen to do. Now, people will say, well how's that going to work out for you when you're 60 and everything and um i think i'll cross that bridge when i i come to it as i say i'm very happy with my girlfriend she is in her late 20s now um i think it's different when you grow together with somebody uh but uh if you're an older guy and you're single and you are choosing to date girls who are you know in their 40s and beyond then that's a choice that you have to make you know you have to think well you know am I attracted to those women is this really what I want am I just doing this because I think it's what I should do am I just doing this because this is just what I think I can get or you know is there a different way that I could be living my life and is dating really for me anymore you know is this really how I want to organize things but all of that really is for is for another is another topic it's a broader topic let's say and something that perhaps I'll get into as we go forward but the point is i am dating a girl who is somewhat younger than me i think probably 18 years younger than me or so and I have absolutely zero problem with relating to her, and I don't think that I would necessarily relate to a girl in her mid-30s any better. In fact, it would possibly be worse. Um, it's also perhaps worth noting that this girl in question is also from a different country. She's from a very different background to me. Um, and as I say, zero problem in relating to her, in fact, she is probably the best in terms of relationships that I've had, she's probably the girl that I've related to the best out of anybody. So I, for me personally, the questions like this, I look at them askance a little bit because I sort of think, well, that's just not my experience. My experience is that relating to somebody in their 20s is, is, is absolutely fine, um, and perhaps that's a mindset thing. Um, And going to Rick's situation specifically, he says he tends to attract women in their mid thirties, and you know, just saying, I find it easy to relate to those in their mid twenties. Perhaps the problem, not the problem, perhaps the the issue lies there in the sense that you're going into this Rick with a mindset that I can't relate as well to girls in their twenties, and therefore the default is women in their mid thirties. But for me. People are people, you know, and I, I believe this across the board in, in across many issues in, in my life. In terms of you know guys as well, friendships with guys and things. People are people. I don't try. I don't tend to look at age particularly as being the determining factor of whether I am going to relate to somebody or not. I mean, sometimes people will say to me, "Well, Troy, wouldn't it be better?" for you if you dated a British girl who was closer to your age you know you'd have more in common um, you'd be able to relate better and I just think well that sounds like a nightmare to be honest I don't particularly want to date some um, English girl who is more similar to my age I, I don't really I mean you know yes we could talk about crap kids TV shows that we used to watch when we were five, and wasn't it funny when, you know, uh, Johnny Vaughan used to present The Big Breakfast, and uh, when Jim will fix it was still a popular show, and things like this. But, what value is that really in terms of the relationship? I'm not sure, you know, and this is the thing, you know, I'm not sure what that really adds. Isn't it kind of more interesting to talk to somebody who's uh, to relate to somebody who's had a different life experience to you, who's grown up in a different time, who has different, fresh, interesting things to bring to the table. You know, I don't particularly want to talk about to somebody about what it was like being at school in rural England in the 80s. It's pretty bloody boring, to be honest, to talk about that. I would much rather meet people who have had very different life experiences to me because then there's that brings an interesting dynamic to it that brings a bit of a spark to it that you kind of lack um i I, the 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 issue with women in their mid-30s and above i think i've heard other men say this and so i don't think i'm being particularly untoward in, in in saying this is that they tend to have baggage as indeed we all have baggage i mean i you know doubtless have baggage myself as a man in my 40s, but certainly women in their mid-30s plus will have baggage to deal with. They will have had previous relationships that have perhaps not gone the way they wanted. They might have been divorced. They might have children and all of those sorts of things. And while I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that, um, it is quite a lot to take on board, and so the advantage I suppose of the younger girl or one of the advantages of the younger woman is that she has a bit less of that baggage to to bring into the relationship with her and that in a way can make the relationship easier because you're there's just less crap to deal with up front if you like um so that those are some of my thoughts on the age thing um and then he goes into a question about categorization. Many of these women in their 30s quickly put me into the relationship category and I wanna be in the fun category. Okay, well that is a problem that guys have across the board and I think that's about how you present yourself when you first go into the situation. But let's let's go through now the, the two questions that he has. So the first one is A, how to attract younger women when you're older. Well, as I say, This is something that, um, in one way, I'm uniquely—not uniquely, but in one way—I'm eminently uh, qualified to talk about because I've always just got out with younger women. I've never got out with an older woman, and I've certainly never got out with an older woman. And (laughs) I've—I've pretty much never got out with a woman the same age as me, to be honest. So even even when I've dated a woman in her mid-30s, she's still been nearly a decade younger than me. So I've always gone out with younger women. And so what would I say about how to attract younger women? Well, you know, I think firstly, it comes from within. You have to be clear about what you want, because the other thing, Rick, is that it sounds like maybe you're quite happy dating these women in their mid-30s. And if that's the case, then just go along with that. You know, that's, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If, however, it's, it's your aspiration to date women in their 20s, then you need to keep that front of mind. You need to think, well, okay, this is this is what I want in my life. I want these younger women in my life because they have greater energy, they have less baggage, they bring up fun to the party, and so on and so forth. And then you need to make sure that you are approaching those women. Uh, none of this happens by magic, as you know. Um, if you... Don't, as I was saying in a live stream I did last week, if you don't approach the women that you're actually attracted to, as opposed to the women that you think you can get, to put it crudely, then you're not going to get those women that you're attracted to. It's as simple as that. So you have to go and speak to women who are in the age group that that you want to meet. So you've got to go and speak to these women in their 20s. Now that might, you don't give much details in terms of, how you meet girls, whether you are a day game person, whether you're a night game person whether you use Tinder maybe a combination of all three Um, but it, it can strike some guys as being this, is this a little bit odd you know I'm 40 I'm talking to this girl in her 20s is this a bit strange blah 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 you need to use any trick in the book to completely expunge that from your mind and as I say for myself perhaps I'm quite lucky in a sense because it's sort of because I'm so myopic about who I'm attracted to and who I want to date it kind of doesn't really even enter into my head I mean maybe it, maybe it has a little bit latterly because obviously you can't go on forever but um, without the age gap becoming somewhat remarkable, if you like. I mean that in the sense of something to be remarked upon. For me, I'm quite fortunate as well because I think I've kept myself reasonably young. I think generally speaking, people think I'm a bit younger than I actually am. Um, so that's another tip for guys listening to this. If you're going to want to be dating girls in their 20s uh, as you mature into your golden late 30s and 40s then you've got to stay in shape you've got to keep looking as good as you can you've got to dress well you've got to have good grooming all of those kinds of things i'm not saying go out of your way to try to look young because that will only lead to trouble you're going to end up looking like it you know it's going to look a bit a bit silly, or it could look a bit silly. But you should certainly keep an eye on current trends. You should certainly look sharp. Uh, if you, you don't necessarily have to go trendy in terms of clothing, but you should uh-huh. certainly go classic. You know, you should certainly wear classic, fitted, good-looking, decent quality clothes that present an image. That you want to present now. In your case, Rick, you're saying you've got daughters, you have a good job, etc. So you're not going to be sort of putting on the renegade playboy look. You're not going to be dressing like Jack Napier, uh, for example, with the leather jackets and the beanies and all that kind of thing. You know, you, you want to put a, a slightly different image on show. But I mean, the advantage that you've got is you are an older man who is established, who has had some success in his life, who has um you know the ability to I don't want to say provide because obviously that's not what I want to, to to suggest at all but you you know you you are you are the successful older man and that's what you want to put across in how you dress so you want to be dressing you know um nice shirts nice jackets um good trousers if you wear jeans you know smart jeans I don't even like wearing trainers these days I just find it they look a bit I, I prefer to wear nicely upholstered boots I think it looks better I think it has more power um yeah so just just keep an eye on how you look keep an eye on your grooming get I get a haircut uh, probably a couple of times a month now I try to look in trim I I, I uh, use Keel's moisturizer which I've talked about before which I find really good um in terms of my grooming so just use the things that work best for you in terms of putting that look together. Make sure that you're talking to these women that you are attracted to. And the third thing is you need to normalize it when you're talking to these girls that you are attracted to. So if there is any doubt in your mind about the fact that you're a 40-year-old and you are talking to this girl in her 20s, you need to discard that. You need to push that out of your consciousness and you certainly need to do everything you can not to communicate that to her because if you think it's odd then she's going to think it's odd and then if you get into her head that this is oh this is a little bit strange this guy's so much older than me then that is not a good playing field on which to to play the game you know you want it to be you want to walk in there as this, this is absolutely normal you want to walk in there with the assumption Older guys, younger girls, this is how it should be. This is the right way. And that's actually kind of the mindset that I go in with. Because to some degree, because basically I believe that. You know, basically I, I do believe there is a very good rapport. There's a very good dynamic in my lived experience between being an older guy and dating young girls, dating girls in their 20s. I think the dynamic is good. I think the fit is good. I think they bring the energy and the fun and the vitality and you bring, and you might bring those things as well, I mean I hope I have some of those things still, but you also bring, if not maturity because I think probably my girlfriend is more mature than I am, but you bring um, experience and you bring as I said at the beginning, you bring a sense of context with you and you can perhaps tell her about things that she doesn't know, you can can point to, to things that you've experienced that she hasn't, you can be a teacher a little bit, um, and that's a really nice thing. And and she in, in turn brings other qualities to, to the table. She brings this kind of energy. She brings this um, sexual dynamism. She brings the fun uh, and all of that. So ideally, you want to be showing how that you how you complement her, and you certainly don't want to be walking in there as if oh this is a this is a little bit strange. And it sounds a little bit from the way that you've worded your email that perhaps you do think it's a little bit, not strange, but you think it's more natural that you should be dating these women in their mid-30s and that if you date these women in their 20s, you're sort of being a little bit naughty and you're kind of getting away with something. And you need to put that out of your head because what you're doing is you're going into a, a relationship or a situation that is equal and you're both bringing different things to the table. And actually, throughout history, uh, the di- you know the the attraction between younger women and older men is has been a constant. It's nothing unusual. It, it should really be the default, I think. Um, and a lot of good things can come out of it. A lot of joy and happiness and positivity can come out of those couplings. So you know, just go in there with that mindset and make sure you're approaching the girls that you actually want, as opposed to the girls that you think you can get, or the girls that you think maybe on some level you think, well, this is kind of who I should be dating. Um, Number two, avoiding relationship categorization. Okay, so I've got some thoughts on this. Now, I understand that in Rick's situation, he's saying he's got the two daughters, he's got the job, you know, he's got his own home. He's not gonna put on some renegade wild man act. He's not gonna go in there pretending to be Johnny Depp or something. You know, he's, he's, he's a sensible sort of sober kind of guy. So how does he avoid relationship categorization? So basically what this means is when you enter into any sort of relationship with a woman, or in fact before that, when you approach a woman and you start to interact with her, pretty quickly she's going to put you in one of two boxes. She's either going to dub you as the provider. Uh, So you are the guy, you are the nice, sensible decent, sober guy who can put food on the table and uh, protect her and look after her offspring or potential offspring and all of that stuff. Or she's going to categorize you as the lover, the wild, sexy, fun guy that maybe she's going to keep a bit secret, who she wants to have sex with and she wants to have sex with quickly, but she's not necessarily, she doesn't expect it to turn into a long-term thing. She's not necessarily thinking of it in terms of you know, This is a potential marriage situ- situation or anything like that. And what Rick is basically saying is that he keeps inadvertently getting put into the first category rather than the second. So my g- general advice around this is that you have to just make it very, very clear in everything that you do, in every subcommunication, from the beginning when you go into the interaction, that you are not the... You are not the first guy. You are not the dull provider type dude. Now, it's easy for me to say that because I can kind of rock up and you know I can present that image just because of you know, I suppose certain life choices. Perhaps the the fact that I look a bit younger. I don't know how old Rick looks, but you know I can sort of get it. I can still wear the leather jacket to some extent. I can wear the, the rings. I can you know the skull ring. I can sort of I can sort of put forward that. Um, I can put forward that identity quite viscerally. Perhaps for Rick, it's slightly different. But what I would say then is that your subcommunication is the most important thing. So the first thing I would say is you need to avoid any language that would have you pegged as the provider type, any language that would suggest at all any sense of you being somebody you know who's going to hang around for a long period of time with her, or who's looking for another relationship or anything like that. I mean, you might actually even want to drop in in the early in the early dates or the early stages of a date. You might want to drop in a couple of little lines about you know I was. I was I don't, Rick doesn't say here whether he was married before, but I'm assuming. Obviously, he's got the daughters. I'm assuming that he was married, or at least in a long-term relationship before, and he now isn't with that woman. So, I w- you could almost drop in a couple of times, say things like, "Oh, I was married before, and you know, I'd, I'll never make that mistake again," or something like that. You know, you want just 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 to to lay the groundwork of the fact that you are not going to be pulled in as her provider anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I would actually make a couple of avert remarks along those lines to sort of uh, underline the point. The other thing is, and I don't know whether or not Rick is doing this, but guys should always avoid the conversation about the nature of the relationship with a woman. So say you're seeing a, a woman, you are sleeping together, you are effectively fuck buddies, as the kids say, and you're having a jolly good time. And then one day she says, listen, I I really think that we should sit down and talk because I want to know where this is going. I want to know, you know, what the meaning of this, this is, you know, what are we to one another, blah, blah, blah. First off, you should never, never, never initiate that conversation yourself, okay? It should always be the job of the woman to initiate a conversation of that kind, And because if you you do, then she knows that she's got you on the hook, and that puts you somewhat in a position of weakness, okay? So you don't want to do that. Even if if you do want to be, ironically, perhaps even more so, if you actually want to be in a long-term relationship with her, she should do the running. She should be the one trying to lock you down. So that is basic, basic 101 red pill advice for guys. She should always be the one trying to lock you down. But... If you're in the situation that Rick is, and he he definitely doesn't want that, and say this is a woman that you're seeing um, more than once, then you should do everything that you possibly can to avoid having that conversation. And if if she does kind of corner you into, you know, she says something like, "So, so where do you think this is going?" or "What, you know, so so what are we?" or something like that, you know, to try to lock it down into a sort of boyfriend girlfriend type thing you want to be as evasive as you can you want to just sort of go oh you know i don't like to put labels on things change the subject or you know oh you know you're getting a bit heavy aren't you why don't we talk about something else you know and just and just jokingly just push it off and what will happen as a result of that is she will get the message that you are not the provider guy, you're not the settling down guy. And she'll she'll know, she'll know just from that. Because if you were somebody keen to, to you know, to, to take it further with her, to be her provider, then you'd willingly enter into such a dialogue with her. Other tips are avoid any boyfriend, girlfriend type thing. So with dates, I would just go for drinks. I wouldn't be taking them out for dinner or anything like that. I wouldn't be doing, you know, a a couple of drinks at the lounge and then say to her, why do not you come back to my place? There's this great show on Netflix. I just want to show you, blah, blah, blah. Um, Don't be doing anything boyfriend and girlfriend. Don't take her to the zoo. Don't take her for a boat ride on the river. Don't take her to, you know, to to look at the beautiful landscape from the, uh, from the, uh, from the mountaintop or anything like that. You know, it's got to be basic, basic stuff drinks, home, sex, that's it. And then, really, you don't want to be staying over at her place and you don't want her staying over at your place because when you do that, you are suddenly straying into the category of boyfriend, girlfriend. So you want to avoid that. Um, Some people are really hardcore about this. I have tended not to be in the past, but uh, some people are sort of like, even if it's three in the morning and all the trains have stopped, you're still going to throw her out. (laughs) Um, I think that's perhaps a little bit harsh, but you know what I mean? You want to avoid her staying over at your place and you want to avoid staying over at her place. You want to avoid snuggling up, watching TV, watching the movies uh, on TV, watching Netflix and things like that. Um, You want to make it with your actions clear that this is... This is a sexual thing as opposed to a lovey-dovey dating thing. Um, Anything else? Um, Don't leave stuff at her place. She shouldn't be leaving stuff at your place because if that happens, then you are going down the route of boyfriend-girlfriend again. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, You you just want to... The other thing about this question is it depends on what stage in the interaction we're talking. So if we're talking first date and you turn up, then it's it's down to your dress, it's down to the way you look and it's down to your subcommunication and it's down to the things that you don't talk about as much as the things that you do talk about. So if you're obviously there on a date and you're saying things like, yeah, you know, I just looking for that someone special or something like that, then obviously she's she's gonna have you pegged as a a boyfriend material. If you're avoiding those topics like the plague, she's gonna get the idea that you're not. If however, we're talking a bit further down the line, you're already sleeping together, then as I say, you wanna avoid the boyfriend, girlfriend, type things like her staying over, her leaving stuff at your place, all of that stuff. Uh, So it really just depends where you are in the interaction. But ultimately, what it comes down to is that you need to communicate, uh, or at least sub-communicate, what you want and what you don't want. And she will get the idea, because girls are very intuitive about this. Um, In fact, perhaps one of the issues that I've had in the past is that I have uh, got together with girls, and perhaps I have wanted something more to come of it, or at least you know, longer term sort of thing to come of it. And they've assumed that I haven't because of the way that I've acted. Because I've become somebody who, because of various you know the the, 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 his, the history that I've had, I suppose I've become somebody who has learned to act in a very non-committal way, and they pick up on it extremely quickly. So you know, it's it's down to practicing that subcommunication, and what that comes back to. Is being very clear in what you want and who you want to date. So, if you sit down, Rick, and you say, "Right, I want to date in 2020. I want to date girls in their twenties, and I want non-monogamous, non-committal relationships with them," and just be very, very clear about that, then that should inform every action that you take, every subcommunication, every glance, the tone of your voice, the tenor of your uh, language, etc., etc., etc. By the way, uh, one final thing I would say is it's all it, i i I know I said before you could drop in a couple of things about you know well I, uh, I was married once it was, it was it was a terrible sentence, and i don 't seek to repeat that you might you might do that, but in general, my advice is always not to uh, communicate anything overtly uh, you want to do everything by suggestion and subcommunication and it 's been said before that women tend to communicate covertly most of the time, unless the situation has become desperate for them and they have to say something overtly. Most of the time, it's all covert. So women understand covert signaling, if you like, in dating. And so if you're putting across the vibe that you are the player, that you are not the committed provider lovey-dovey guy, as I say, she's going to get that. So those are my thoughts on that, Rick. I hope that that answered your question or at least gave you some food for thought. I hope everyone else found it interesting as well. If you have a similar question to Rick's or something else that, that's uh, troubling you that you'd like me to cover, then please do drop me a line. Either drop a comment under the YouTube video for this, uh, give me give me an email at troy at realtroyfrancis.com, or um, tweet me or whatever it is. But do please get in touch. Okay, this is the last podcast before Christmas, so I hope you have a wonderful wonderful Christmas and I will be back with you for another podcast very, very soon. Bye-bye.